Cape Talk. Plan B with Rebecca Davis. Good afternoon, Rebecca. You are fascinated by seatbelts at the moment. I am, because of Gavin Watson, and I'm sure I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone, because it's all anyone's been talking to me about this week. So one of the mysterious elements of the Gavin Watson crash story is the report that his seatbelt was buckled in. What do you call that thing? Buckled into the... Holder. Into, the, into the thing. Yes. It was I call it the thing. Into the, I call it the holster. It was buckled into the holster, but he was not wearing it. So the idea is that his car, although I don't know if Corollas are this advanced, but maybe you do, would have been emitting that uh, irritating modern, beeping sound. Uh, pretty much all modern cars, even ones that are half the price of Corollas, um, emit the beating sound if the beeping sound if the seatbelt is not clasped. Right. So the idea then is that... Gavin Watson strapped it in in order to stop it beeping, but did not wear it. So he sat sort of on top of it. And for some people, this is the strongest indication that perhaps Gavin Watson was planning to die. Because on what other grounds would you not wear a seatbelt while driving at high speed towards the airport? And, and why would you swap your very safe BMW X5 for the less safe Toyota Corolla unless you were... Not wanting the greater safety features of the BMW to possibly save you from death. Right. So many mysterious questions. But what I was wondering, John, is in this day and age, is it plausible that Gavin Watson could have been one of these mythical creatures who just don't wear seatbelts while driving? Do you know anyone like this? I don't, but it has come up on the radio before. Not for a while. Probably two, three years ago was the last time that the conversation came up. And every time it comes up, I have people who say to me, I, I refuse. I just won't. Some say it's because I'm rather larger than I, I should be, and it is uncomfortable. Mm. Others simply have a kind of, I suppose, libertarian mm. attitude towards it. To hell with the state. They're not going to tell me what to do. And so if they have cars that beep, they do exactly what Gavin Watson seems to have done. Well, I would love it if one of your, your listeners could phone in and make a compelling case for why they don't wear seatbelts. But I was looking into this because I, was, I don't know anyone who does this. And I, what I realized, John, is that, and this perhaps, I was surprised by it because wearing seatbelts seems such a no-brainer these days. The, the idea is that convincing people to wear seatbelts is now regarded as one of the greatest public health victories of all time, particularly of the 20th century, just spreading the consensus that you should wear a seatbelt. But it's also kind of mad to think that it's only from the early 1980s that it was compulsory for drivers to wear seatbelts. That's in Britain. I don't know what the date would be here, John. Probably the world's most boring rapid-fire question. (laughs) (laughs) But from in the UK and the US, from the 1980s only, it was compulsory. And in certain places, it still isn't. In the state of New Hampshire, which is famously libertarian, don't tell us what to do, it is still not compulsory for drivers to wear seatbelts. Really? Correct. But... In 2016, I found in South Africa, the AA noted that seatbelt wearing rates in general in South Africa, so this extends to passengers as well, were below 60%. So almost half of South Africans in general are not wearing seatbelts. This was three years ago. And I suppose given the state of some of the cars on the road, that's perhaps not too surprising. And I do think there's a difference between passengers and drivers. I mean, it is now also accepted that passengers should wear, wear seatbelts, but I find I mean, it Joe, marginally more Joe's just text, sent a text to say, I don't wear a seatbelt in an Uber. Not sure why I should work on that. I don't either, I must confess, and I agree. Why we not? Must, Joe, you and I must work on that. Um, I have never been a backseat seatbelt wearer, but I agree it's nonsense. It's stupid. It's mm. foolish. But certainly as a driver, I can only think of a few situations in which I wouldn't wear a seatbelt. Maybe... If I got out of my car, realized I'd parked very badly and had to move it, or if I was on 
a farm, some contained place where I had to move the car from one place to another. Um, but it seems that worldwide, actually, the rates of people wearing seatbelts are declining in, as drivers. And one of the reasons they posit is that, first of all, modern cars have such extensive safety features like airbags, etc., that people are under a false sense of um, complacency about that. And secondly, this issue that it has become sort of the, the consensus to such a degree that young people are no longer told as often that they should be wearing seatbelts while driving and consider it kind of optional, which I, again makes no sense to me. But um, in America, the people who are least likely to wear seatbelts while driving are young men in the Midwest driving pickup trucks, which I think chimes with what you that were saying. That macho thing, yeah. The macho thing, the don't tell me what to do thing. And um, also that there are various, you know, people say something about discomfort, inconvenient, or they'll only wear it when they're on an unfamiliar route. They'll only wear My it on the motorway. My husband doesn't wear a seatbelt simply because he hates them. I'm not quite sure why he hates. I mean, I, the sense of being constricted. That is, I mean, it 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 doesn't make a lot of sense. But from from September this year, actually in the UK, all vehicles, regardless of the quality or price, are going to be required to have the beeping affect not only the front seatbelt but the back seatbelt in the UK. So currently, very few cars, I think, have the back seatbelt beep, but all of them will. And there've also been proposals blocked in the U.S. for tech, which would prevent the ignition starting without the seatbelt being buckled, which actually seems perfectly sensible to me. But in short, I want to know, is this a thing? Is it possible Gavin Walton wasn't wearing a seatbelt because he never wore a seatbelt while driving? Does this happen? Uh, Michelle? Hi, John. Um, yeah, just a uh, comment on your story. Uh, if my circumstances are I refuse to wear a seatbelt, and that was based on a uh, best friend passing away in a motor vehicle accident. So what I do to avoid the beeping sound is I plug my seatbelt um, thing into the into the actual holder uh, to avoid the beeping sound, and then I get into my motor vehicle and drive. Michelle, you do know that the number of people whose lives are saved by wearing seatbelts um, outnumbers by a significant multiple people who die because they were wearing their seatbelt. I 100% agreed with you. But, I don't, but I still, don't, I don't discount that. Uh, but for me, it's it's a personal choice. Okay, thank you for sharing your personal choice, Yvonne in Pinelands. Um, good afternoon to you. Um, in 1972, I was in Canada, and then everyone had to fasten their seatbelts when they were in their cars. And if you didn't fasten it, that thing beeped all the time. And do you remember at the time, in, do you remember in South Africa, when you came back to South Africa, that certainly wouldn't have been the case? And no, I noticed that straight away. Okay. So in some countries, it goes back a very long time. Fred in Somerset West, hello. John, um, I've got a problem with the seatbelt law, especially the people that uh, want to apply the seatbelt law, because I see their staff on the back of trucks driving around without any seatbelt, so they're not only flouting a seatbelt, a traffic law, they're also flouting a um, health and safety work. Okay, that's not an unimportant point, but do you wear a seatbelt? I uh, generally wear a seatbelt, but I also ride a motorbike, so no seatbelt on the motorbike. Albert in Bloberg? Yes, um, I had one discussion, so I don't have uh, uh, two confirmed facts on that, but somebody, when I was at the... Uh, at the service, uh, my car was being serviced, and yeah, the guy looked at my wife. Sometimes pressed the, the safety belt into the buckle, and then because it's it's 
not very nice for her. And then he told me the consequence of that because in the computer system of a car, they they it looks and consider what happens, and and part of the programming of that sort of execution system is to is, if you are clicked in, the the belt is pulling you fast and the and the airbag behaves different than when you when you with uh, when you don't have a seat belt. So so okay. if they. Huh. If they if they if they put in a seat belt and the, and the vehicle thinks they do have a seat belt, it will tension that, and the airbag will break your neck in the process. Huh. Okay, that's a, a scary thought. We have huh. a voice note on this as well. Hi, John. I think it's absolutely short-sighted not to wear your safety belt, and to try and override the beeping mechanism. It's there to tell you not to be an idiot. My cousin um, died because she went through the windscreen. If she had worn a safety belt, she would have lived. And um, I just think it's a, a very bad idea to do it. And actually, surely your life insurance should um, be able to refute your claim if uh, your car was fitted with, say, airbags and whatever, and they didn't deploy because your safety belt didn't activate that safety mechanism. Nicolette in Sunnydale. Thank you very much, Nicolette. I feel that wearing a safety belt is a personal choice. I personally always put on a seatbelt, but it's nobody's business if I'm not wearing it or forget to put it on. Why must we get fined for that? Regarding seatbelts, I refuse to move my vehicle if any passengers don't have. Yep, not wearing a seatbelt is stupid and so on. But there are a couple of people who are taking this. Nobody tells me what to do. And I remember now previously following that call that it, it has been a reason given by other people that they're aware of a situation where somebody close to them, somebody dear to them, was killed in a crash and the thinking is that they might have been thrown clear if they hadn't been wearing a seatbelt. Rebecca, you and I will continue chatting, but let's just first find out what's happening on the roads. EWN Traffic. Leaving the CBD on Nelson Mandela Boulevard, traffic slowing down at Seoul Street. Jan Smuts Drive will take you about 30 minutes and 20 on Philip Hosanna Drive to Hospital Bend. Traffic lights faulty in Belleville at Old Oak and Everstal and in Neutgedacht at the intersection of Robert Sabuque and Borchard Square. That's already slowing down traffic heading towards the N2 and traffic lights faulty at Robert Sabuque and Pilati. I'm Shalina Rumo, Irabin Traffic in 15 minutes. Rebecca Ken has a car which doesn't move off unless the driver's seatbelt is on. Right, so that's the that, tech. Yeah, yeah, that's the technology. That's coming. Um, somebody saying, I was born in the 50s and when I was growing up, no one wore them. So now I don't do it. And there, there's, it's habit. Grew up mm. in an environment where seatbelts mm. were the exception rather than the norm. So Carol now says, I don't do it unless my kids tell me to do it or I see a traffic cop or roadblock. But I'm going to try, though, to do it from now on. Well, that's... There we go. We've changed one person's that's attitude. something. I must say I'm perplexed by this feeling of such frustration that the government is telling you to wear a seatbelt when it is so clearly in your best interest to do so. And as you say, records have proven time and time again that it is absolutely to your benefit to wear a seatbelt. I personally have no... I mean, I, I guess I can't really think my way into the mindset that considers that a great curtailing of my personal liberty. But but I'm interested to hear there are people out yeah. there. Okay. Um, um, subject number two, the information easily accessible in the public domain. for The right whatever. to be forgotten. The right to be more forgotten. More catchly. More catchly, indeed. Much more catchy. So we're faced with this issue in the modern world where... You did something bad or embarrassing, John. Let's say you were arrested for public drunkenness. Can you be arrested for that in South Africa? 
I don't know if it's a crime here, but you're arrested for public drunkenness. They're not too severe, but embarrassing. And because you are a public figure, uh, News24 picks it up, runs with it as the most clicked thing. And you accept this at the time because you've broken the law and, you know... It's uh, Mark Lottering, his drunken driving. Right. Case in point. But five years down the line, perhaps you are, I don't know, you're looking to apply for a different job or something, and it's still one of the things that comes up most frequently when you Google yourself or whatever, and you realize it is starting to have a detrimental impact on your prospects, on your family, etc. Now, the question is, should you be able to phone up Adrian Basson at News24 and say, look, man, please, can you just take this article about me down? It's not really serving any purpose. It's really causing me significant, long-standing embarrassment and harm. Do you think that that should be something you should be able to do? Yes. Explain. Unequivocally, yes. Because why, why should I or you or Mark or anybody else continue to suffer the consequences of something which was a momentary or perhaps even an habitual foolishness without serious consequences, which you have probably, almost certainly, moved on from? Why should that continue or why should you have the risk of that long ago indiscretion bedevil your contemporary life because the argument is journalism is supposed to be the first draft of history so there is a argument to be made yeah, in any I mean, context for the, simply recording what happens on any the, given the, day the, the for fact the record. that 10 years ago i was caught after having had five glasses of wine that's not history okay so let's step it up notch let's say that was not what you were found guilty of it was that you had been accused of say taking a bribe to get someone on air or something reflecting on your workplace integrity do you still have the right to have it removed that's more ambiguous on that one i would tend to saying no that that potentially points to very serious character defect a very serious lack of professional ethics, and I think somebody who's thinking about employing me Should probably know. needs to know about that. Well, it, it, the point is it's a, re it's a real minefield, yeah. I think, John. And this was a question that Great Podcast Radio Lab was dealing with last week. There's now a newsroom in Ohio which is getting so many of these requests from people every day to take down stories about them that they're having monthly meetings where they sit down and they go through the stories of these people and consider whether or not they should delete them. And they still haven't found any hard and fast rules, but they've decided basically that they won't delete any stories involving violence or any in stories involving corruption, because both of those are thought to be, you know, serious and reflecting, as you say, on a pattern of behavior. But it gets blurry, for instance, they've told the story of this man who had been widely splashed across his local newspaper after he had exposed himself to two women in a park, which is, you know, sexually predatory behavior. I, for one, am all against it. But the impact it had had on his family, his daughters, etc. I mean, it had just devastated. And the seismic ripples, because they had a very unusual surname, every time they Googled it. And that was a case where, if you asked me on paper, should you be able to erase the record of a sexual crime? I would say absolutely not. But hearing this man's story, my God, I must say, I, I, I really began to empathize with people in that situation. And I think that increasingly, we're going to have to have more compassion. Because we're living in this world where nothing gets forgotten. Mm. Yeah. Case by case. Wow, that's difficult when there's so many cases. Yep. Um, I disable the seatbelt beeping systems because it's not ob because it's obnoxiously loud, but always wear my seatbelt. The government should not profit off an individual's poor choices. The consequences of not wearing a seatbelt affect only the individual who chooses not to use it. That's not true. No, it's not. 
And uh, then I like Helen's WhatsApp as an expert on Cape Talk once succinctly put it, you can disobey the laws of the land, but you can't disobey the laws of physics. Absolutely well said, Helen. How would I know if my next door neighbor, the lovely Kevin, might be harboring a lion cub? Well, this question is should be top of all our minds, John, because we heard in court, I think it was today, when the two men accused of kidnapping a lion, catnapping, abducting a lion cub. I'm sorry, there is something about this story that I find... Hilarious, but I, I want to preface this by saying to your lovely listeners, I fully understand the, the cruelty and abuse that is involved in kidnapping a lion cub and bringing it to Athlone. And I know separation from the mother, it's awful to think about. It really is. And that doesn't stop me finding the incongruity of the situation quite amusing. So we yes. heard today there's another cub, everyone. There is another cub which is believed to have been abducted with his little mate, which may still be in Athlone or another Cape Town neighborhood. So, John, how would you know if your neighbor Kevin was harboring a lion? I gave this some serious thought. I'm glad you did. The the lion cubs are believed, I think, to be small. 10 weeks, I heard. or mm. you know. So, for now, this may not be an issue. But if Kevin were to start coming home laden with bry packs, like just carrying so much meat that he couldn't even stand, he was just like tottering with this meat, and yet you never... Never smelt a briar fire from his home. Correct. That would be the first red flag because when lions reach their um, adulthood, they can eat 35 kilos of meat at a time. So whoever is harboring this cub is looking at a massive meat bill very soon. That would be a first thing. The second thing would obviously be strange vocal noises. Now, lion cubs do not roar. They make – I'm now an expert because of my watching of the the show Serengeti. They make a noise which is – Adjacent to a kitten mewing, but also quite different. It sort of sounds a bit like a bird chirp. It's like, air, 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 something like that. If you were to hear that repeatedly, then Hi, call the Simba. authorities. Simba's responding to Rebecca. The, the third thing, if you were to see curious raking marks on your neighbor's lawn, because this is what lions do to mark territories. They scratch and then they urinate. And that brings me to my final thing. If you were to find yourself spontaneously vomiting... And you weren't quite sure why. The smell of lion urine, John, has been found to affect some people so profoundly in experiments that they actually throw up. So if those things were to suddenly start happening to you, I think there would be reason. There would be reason to be concerned. I would also like to add, lions do not make good neighbors. (laughs) They have found in the Serengeti that a group of lions will count the roars of neighboring prides of lions at night in order to determine whether they have the numerical advantage for an attack. So you can imagine that the once friendly kitten slumbering next door might, in fact, be plotting your doom as well. <laughs> I've been contacted by somebody who's pedantic. The cub that was abducted was found in Belthorne Estate, not Athlone. I beg your pardon. Belfon Estate, open your eyes. Vakar for the other one. But I mean, the, the, the people who've appeared in court, one of them is Najwa Peterson's mm. son. I mean, and, 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 I mean, they go out on, these people are so stupid. Mm, they go out on social media. They allow photographs to be taken of them holding this cub and doing Lion King things. How could and, one resist? I mean, that is the only aspect of their criminality I truly relate to. How could one resist doing that if you were in the company of a lion cub? And Nafis Modak, the suspected gang world kingpin, underworld, what's gang world, gang, whatever. I mean, he's, he's holding 
a lion cub which looks suspiciously like the lion cub which uh, Najwa Peterson's son is holding as well. And he says, no, 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 these Nothing photographs were taken on a game farm <laughs> and they're quite clearly in a suburban in a house, probably in Belthorne Estate, I mean. Rich says, my neighbor had a secret lion pet. I got suspicious when I saw one of his goats had only three legs. Is that a true fact? Uh, You've read it with such nonchalance, and I'm absolutely gobsmacked. <laughs> I'm absolutely certain it's not a true fact. <laughs> Rebecca, thank you very, very much. Thank you, John. Plan B again next week.